0: Glad to see all of you here today and so glad that the, those that are watching online have joined us and uh, come on, Capital City Church, give them a great big welcome as well. We love you. We're glad you have joined us. Whether you're watching live or watching later on, thanks for joining us today, and, and uh, I just want to say uh, we totally support uh, staying home. If you've got medical issues or if you're high risk or you're sick or whatever, w- we get that and we understand and we totally support that, uh, but I would say there's just nothing like being in the room, so I hope that you're just praying about being able to come back into the room. Come on, church, it's just nothing like being in the room, amen? Come on. Oh, you can do better than that, huh? Let them hear you. Amen. So if you're staying home for medical reasons, we support that, but uh, let me just say it's been a long time since uh, since coronavirus hit. It's coming up on a year, so sometimes we kind of get in the habit, so if it's out of habit, I encourage you to start praying about coming back into the room and encouraging one another and getting encouragement from your fellow uh, worshipers, and we just love you so much and glad you're apart. part. Glad that all of you are here today. Uh, I'm glad I'm not in here alone. I never do enjoy that, and so uh, just tell the person beside you, if you weren't here, I'd be really lonely. Would you do that? <laughs> I'd be really lonely. We are in the middle of 21 days of prayer and uh, let me just hear you. If you've been enjoying our prayer time and believing and, and being blessed by God during our uh, uh, 7 a.m. Uh, prayer time and our 21 days of prayer, can you just give God a praise for that? I'm on. Come on, let me hear you. Amen. Yeah, most of you. We're so thankful. Uh, Yesterday, we actually came into the room, and we're going to be doing that every Saturday for the next two Saturdays through 21 Days of Prayer at 10 a.m. We give you a little time to sleep in on Saturday. Uh, During the week, it's at 7 a.m. You can join us on BoxCast or Roku or Apple TV and uh, be a part of that at home. Or uh, beginning tomorrow, you can also come into the room if you would like to. There's just nothing like being in the room. And the ones that have come and been a part of the prayer time here in the room, whether it was during the week or or on Saturday, says, you know, there's just there's just a real spirit in this place and something about God's people coming together. So I want to I want to invite you if you're able to, I know some of you aren't because of work schedules or whatever, but if you're able to come, you will not be sorry. You join us here at 7 a.m uh, every morning during the week and then at 10 a.m I'm just saying, listen, if you possibly can be here at 10 a.m. for Saturday prayer, you will not be sorry. I believe God is up to something. I really do. I believe with all of my heart the best is yet to come. Do you believe that? Come on. Can you claim that with me this morning, huh? Amen. You know what? Maybe you need to speak it in faith. So come on, just touch somebody say, the best is yet to come. Come on, tell them right now, huh? The best is yet to come. Well, we are in this series called Next The best is yet to come, and there's a reason why I chose this series, because I believe that God has greater, bigger, wonderful things, not just for Capital City Church, but I want you to know, God has greater, better, and and more more, uh, exciting things for you. As a person, as a person, I'm not even going to say as a Christian, because if you're here and this is the first time you're here and you're just kind of checking us out, or if you're watching online, you're going, what is this church thing all about? And you just kind of happened by, or one of your friends shared it, you go, what is this all about? Why are these people so happy? I'm going to tell you, God has that for every person on this planet. And God has something great for every one of you. And the message that I'm going to share this morning is for every person in this room. It's for every person watching online, no matter where you are. No matter if you're far from God or close to God, this message is for every one of you. I want you to know that God has something greater for every one of you. So are you ready? Come on, are you ready? All right, let's get started. I'm going to, there's a couple theme verses during this, uh, during this uh, message series that I'm gonna be sharing with you. The first one comes out of Proverbs 29, 18, and I put it in your notes. This is out of the message. The message isn't actually a translation. The message is a paraphrase. Uh, other scriptures like the New King, or the New King James, or the King James version says, if, my, if there is no vision, the people will perish. But I love how the message just kind of brings it home to where we're at. So read along with me. It says, "If my people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves." Let me just tell you right now, your mess is not your problem because every one of us have a mess. But the problem is we don't have someone greater in our life to help us with that mess. Amen? And the Bible says if we can't see what God has for us, we're going to stumble all over ourselves. We're going we're to fall all over ourselves. Uh, So so we were talking to someone this morning uh, that had gotten their uh, vehicle stuck in the mud. How many of you ever done that, huh? Come on, make this person feel good. Look around. You know who you are. Look around. I've done it. You've done it. And uh, I was actually helping someone get their car unstuck from the mud, and I had this really great idea. I I was going to help them by taking a big board and putting it underneath the tire and pushing up on the board while he goes, and I was just gonna help him get right out of that mud. That's a great, how many of you know that's a great idea? Come on say, Pastor, you're really strange, right? It was a bad idea. He gunned it and that board come flying out from under that tire, hit me right here in the head, fractured my skull in three places. It took three hours of reconstructive surgery. And from then on, I had 2015 vision. That's better than 2020, but I had to wear glasses because my eyes were misaligned. So many of you know, if I take my glasses off, I see double. So I'm, I, I beg the ushers to let me do the counting, right? Because, hey, we've got twice as many people here right now. Amen? Uh, you get that, Pastor David. You'd do it anyway, wouldn't you? Huh? I'd have to take your count and subtract half, right? Uh-huh. But anyway, so when I put them on, I can see. But if I don't, I stumble all over the place. There's something about being able to see. Amen? And the proverb writer says this, says, if people can't see, if you can't see what God is doing, you're going to stumble all over yourselves. But, everyone say, but, but. when they attend to what he reveals, watch this, they are most blessed. Now, that word bless is not talking about money. It's not talking about possessions, although God God does bless us in those areas. But it's talking about the condition of our soul. I want you to know this morning that if you will see what God has revealed to you in Scripture, that God has shown us as his plan for us as believers and as a church, I want to tell you something. God will bless you in a mighty way. And so we've been talking about our mission here at Capital City Church, and our mission is to do four things. Everyone say four things. Four things. It's very simple. Four things that God wants us to do as a church and as his people. You, you say, you, you can say it a lot of different ways. In fact, uh, over the last 30 years, I've written several mission statements for, uh, for different churches, and, and uh, most of them, as does ours, come out of the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor of yourself. And the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? And let the world know about Jesus. So that's what they all really boil down to. So throughout scripture, God says, I I have a plan for you. In fact, the other theme verse is in Psalm 16, where David said, you will show me the way of life. You say, Pastor, why are we talking about this at the beginning of the uh, of the year? I'll tell you why. Because I believe that God wants us to start this year out by allowing him to show us the way of life, to show us how it is that we are to walk as Christians and as fathers and as mothers and daughters and granddaughters and grandsons and as a church. And, and the, David says, he will show us the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence. Come on, church. And the pleasure of living with with you forever Amen. and here's what I found every person in this room every person in the sound of my voice watching online every person that's ever lived every person that'll ever be born will always have a next step in their spiritual journey so what I want you to do is I want you as we go through these steps and as we go through these things I want you to say Lord where am I now and where do I need to be well, this is how we decided to say it at Capital City Church. We want, to be, uh, we want it to be in a language where uh, someone who's never gone to church before will understand it. So these four things, if you're taking notes, this is your first fill-in. I want you to write this down. The first thing, our mission is to help people find God. Now, we talked about this last week. The church, remember, is the table where people come to be fed. In other words, I am the chef. It's my job to prepare the food for people to come and partake of. I, I am the dude with the food, right? So you just tell your, what's your job? Your job is to tell your friends, hey, you need to come this weird dude that prepares food, amen? The food is good. He might be weird, but the food is the scripture. This food is the Bible. So God is uh, the one that we, the one that we uh, go to first that allows us to know and open up the future of our lives. All right, you with me so far? The second one, if you're taking notes, is to find freedom, and we're gonna talk about this today. To find freedom from my hurts and my habits and my hangups. Those things that, uh, if they weren't in my life anymore, my life would be better. Or those things that if I had them in my life, my life would be better. Freedom from, uh, I believe that God has for us freedom from the bondage of sin, freedom from addiction, freedom from fear, free from freedom from uh, discouragement, any of those things that we find ourselves in. And, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. The third thing I believe God has led us to lead people in is to find a purpose. Listen to me very carefully. I'm so excited about next week's message because I want everybody to know that you were born for a purpose and on purpose. (laughs) Everyone in this room, everyone that's listening to this message, I want you to know you were born on purpose for a purpose. God had a reason for you. And then the fourth one is that we find Fulfillment. We lead people into finding fulfillment. And as we, as we uh, end out this, this uh, message series, I, my goal is that every one of us find fulfillment in life. And, and that's God's goal for you as well. So can we say those four things together out loud? Are you ready? We're here to help people find what? Four things, ready? Find God, find freedom, find purpose, find fulfillment. Come on, you can say it louder than that. If you're watching online, join me from home. You ready? What are those four things? Find God, find freedom, Find purpose, find fulfillment. So today, I want to talk to you about how we find freedom. You know, if you were to ask me, Pastor, what excites you about preaching? What really just, what really just gets you going? What is it... What is it that keeps you up at night? What is it that, that wakes you up early in the morning? What is it that, that makes you cry and makes you laugh? What is it that, that makes you passionate? What is it that, that you feel like that God birthed in you that really helped you know that you were to answer the call to be a pastor? I would tell you two things. These first two things, now they're all very important. And I think that every one of them we need to do. But if you really wanna get me on fire for God, you, let, you just turn me loose to help people find God and find freedom. Because I know that if I can help people find find God and find freedom, everything else is just going to fall into place. Everything else. If I find God and I find freedom in life, I'm going to naturally pursue and find and dig out what my purpose is and God is going to lay it out before me and as I find my purpose in life, God is going to help me take that and use it for his glory and use it to change lives and use it to to, to make a difference in other people's lives and through that, I will truly be fulfilled in life. So today I want to talk to you. What do you mean about finding freedom? In a moment, we're going to receive communion, and you're going to hear that Jesus said, when you do this, remember what I did. If you're really going to find freedom, you've got to know this morning that there is power in the blood. And for just a few moments, we're going to get serious if that's okay. Okay. Because I believe God has some things he really wants to do in your life. Wherever you are spiritually, wherever you are far from God, close to God, I want you to know that you are here for a reason. You're in this room for a reason. You're watching online for a reason. God has something for you today. Now Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. In other words, to them, it's just a necklace around their neck with a cross on it. To them, it's just an emblem. To them, it's just something that, that, uh, might give, be a good luck charm. Because when the world looks on, the cross is foolishness. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to them. But watch, watch this. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Come on, church. How many of you know the blood of Christ is the power of God to change us from the inside out? And so I want to start in the last book of the Bible. I put it in your notes there if you want to follow along. The book of Revelations. And John, we call him John the Revelator. He was writing down things. He says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last three things. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ. Salvation and power and power and authority. Salvation and power and authority. For the accuser, talking about the devil, of our brothers and sisters has been through, uh, thrown down to earth. How many of you know the accuser does not win? Amen? We've read the back of the book. We know who wins, right? The one who accuses them before God day and night. And they have defeated him. How? By the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. In other words, God comes into their life and he changes them from the inside out. He changes us from the inside out and then we can't keep it quiet. We have to tell the world about it. And I want you to know this morning, as we go into our communion time, I want you to know that everything Jesus went through, everything was intentional. Everything that Jesus went through was for a reason. What I wanna do today is describe what Jesus went through, describe his journey. And I want us to see that there is power in the blood. Jesus' journey began on Thursday night. Now, when we take what we call communion, or some call it the Last Supper, that actually happened on a Thursday night. It was the Passover feast, and it was a Thursday night before his crucifixion. And he was sitting around the table with his disciples. And, you know, anytime you're around uh, uh, 13 guys or hanging out, you know, there's going to be a lot of things. They're laughing and joking, and and I don't know, a couple of them might even burped around the table. They were pretty comfortable. They've been hanging out for a while, right? And so I believe that the mood was kind of light. It was the, it was the Passover lamb, which is a celebration of, of God delivering the people out of Egypt. You know, the Passover lamb, when he would pass over those who had the lamb's blood over the door. And, and I, I believe that during that meal, that Jesus knew he had to tell them something. He just, he had, so I can just see him quieting them down and saying, guys, I need to talk to you for a minute. And be kind to of bring it home and let them know What happened? That was Thursday night. And they had the supper and he talked about the bread and he talked about the blood and washed their feet. And and then he went to the garden. He finds himself in the garden of Gethsemane. And let me just say right here. How many of you know that when you're about to go through something difficult, the first thing you need to do is pray. The first thing you need to do is go to God and say, God, I need you right now. This morning, because I'm so burdened about this message, because I want to get out of God's way and I want you to hear God's message and his word, I just felt prompted right over there in the front row to just kneel down and say, God, don't let this be me, but let it be you. Let my stumbling and mumbling and whatever get out of the way, Lord, and use me for your glory. Help them to see you, Lord, and not me. Because whether you believe it or not, this is is the most exciting thing that I do in my life. But it's also the most difficult thing that I do in my life. Because I never want to get in the way of God. So here's Jesus, knowing what is going to happen in just a few moments. And he finishes finishes his prayer, and they come to arrest him. And then all night long, from 9 o'clock at night until 6 o'clock the next morning, They begin the trials, six trials in all. We find him being beaten. We find him going through things that he should have never had to go through. And I want to read from you from Matthew 26. It's not in your notes, so just listen as I read as it describes the happening that night. Matthew 26, if you want to read along, I'm going to begin in verse 59. It says, the chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus. Why? Because they didn't have any evidence that would actually accuse him that they could actually use. So they're looking for false evidence. What can we do? What can we do to accuse this guy of something, even if he didn't do it? Just something that will justify us doing what we're doing. So they're looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death but they did not find any. Come on, can I get a good amen on that? Though many false witnesses came forward. So, what we find is they couldn't find anything, but a lot of false witnesses were coming and say, What about this and what about that? And the high priest said to him, Listen, he says, I charge you under the oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And he answered, You have said so. In other words, Jesus supplied, uh, another version says, Yes, as it is you say. He says, I am, I am the Son of God, I am the Messiah. He has come to change our life. He has come to make a difference. And all night long, from 9 o'clock till 6 a.m., He goes to Annas and Caiaphas, then to the Sanhedrin, then to Pilate, then back to Herod, then back to Pilate. Six trials just, just bringing Him down. But we know that there was nothing they would ever find to accuse Him because He is our Lord and Savior our Messiah, our Christ, Jesus. Amen? And listen to me very carefully. If you're watching online or if you've ever heard anybody say this or if you've ever said this in this room, don't say he's a good man. He's not just a good man. Listen, he is, he is either a liar, a lunatic, or he's the Messiah. If you just say he's a good man, you can't say he's a good man because he claimed to be the Messiah. That would make him a liar. He claimed to be the Christ. That would make him a lunatic. So the only thing that we can come to a conclusion of is that he is the Messiah. He is our Lord. He wasn't just a good man. He wasn't just a good teacher. He was a good man. He was a great teacher. But he is our Lord. He is the Messiah. Then it says they spit in his face and struck him with their fists and Others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? And we know that right then he could have taken them all down. You might ask, why didn't he? Because he had your name on his mind. Did you ever wonder why Jesus chose to come to this earth when he would experience the most excruciating death that history ever had? I mean, think about it for a moment. If he had come today, his death probably would have been something like maybe lethal injection or, 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 or the electric chair. But, but he chose to come when all of these things would take place. And I'll tell you why. Because he knew that all of these things had to happen in order for every person in this room and everybody watching online could find freedom in him. Everyone say find freedom. Find freedom in him. Jesus came at that time because he needed to fulfill the prophecy that 800 years before this ever happened, Isaiah said in 53.5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds or by his stripes, we are healed. (laughs) So today, for just a moment... I want to talk about four things that Jesus did for you. Now, I'm going to give them to you, not in the order there in Isaiah, but I'm going to give them to you in chronological order as they happened on that Thursday night going into Friday morning. The first thing that happened was the scourging. The scourging took place from what they call the cat of nine tails. The cat of nine tails was basically a huge whip it was uh, leather strands and the handle would have been about this long that way you could you could hold on to it with, with two hands and make sure that you were doing everyth- all the damage that you could possibly do and those he- those heavy leather strands were, were were there to to beat down nine heavy leather strands and and they would take horsehair and they would tie bone and rock and glass and wire to all of those strands and if that was if that wasn't enough they would take the leather and they would soak it in water to make sure it was very heavy so that when they would hit them, when they would hit the person, it would rip their skin and tear into their body. The Bible says that they gave him 39 lashes. The reason it was 39 is because that's all they could do legally. And 39 of those lashes would have gone across 13 of them across the right shoulder. 13 of them across the left shoulder and 13 down the center of the spine. And as they beat him, the flesh would pull and the pain was excruciating. But you have to know Jesus knew that this is what it was going to take to give you freedom So if you're taking notes, the whip represents freedom in my body. You see, I often say to you, and this morning I felt like it was time to really describe what I'm saying and what I'm talking about. That Jesus' blood goes deeper than just the forgiveness of my sins. God has so much more for you than that. How many times have I said, there's far too many miserable Christians walking this earth because they've got just enough religion to make it into heaven. And Jesus said, no, no, don't belittle my crucifixion. Don't belittle, don't belittle my suffering. Know that the reason I went through this was so that you could be healed and you could find freedom from the inside out know that if we could grab a hold of this in 2021, it will change our life forever. It will change our eternity forever. The Bible says by his stripes we are healed. And every stripe is for that healing in your body. Every stripe across his back. He didn't just pay for your sin. I believe that he paid for your sickness. The Bible says by his stripes you are healed. And Jesus took the stripes on his back. So that you would never have to, First Peter 2:24 says he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Watch this, so that we might die so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by His wounds. Look at this: You have been healed. I know some of you might be asking, well, why is it that that somebody we some people we pray for, we see them healed, and some people we pray for, we don't see them healed. And I don't tend to under I don't really understand all that. But let me just give you a, a a quick story of a guy named Emil. He was in his 80s. When I went to my very first church, I was just a kid. Uh, I was in my early 20s and remember, God told you the story. God had just called me to be a pastor. I wasn't planning on being a pastor. I was just planning on singing and praising God and hoping that that, that'd get me through. Amen? And God said, no, I've got more for you. And there was a guy there in my first church. The town was uh, East Enterprise, Indiana. Just a little tiny, small town with, with one traffic light in the middle of the town. The bank and the post office were in the same building. I mean, this was a little tiny little town. Great place for a guy that has no idea what he's doing to start. Amen. But I'll never forget, Emil lived across the street and he came to me one day and he said, you know, pastor, I just want you to know, God has been so good to me. He healed me of cancer 25 years ago. And for 25 years, I've been cancer free. And I said, praise the Lord. That's awesome. And I just, I just worshiped with him and praised God with him. And, and uh, he would often share that story. But about a year into my pastoral ministry there, Emil came down again with that same cancer. And here I am a kid. How do I, how do I pray this? I, you know, and so I would go over to Amos' house and I would pray with him. And do you know every time I would go over to Amos' house and pray with him, here he is. You know he's 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 uh, uh, been been testifying and praising God, and now he's he's has this again. And what do I say to him? I don't know what to say to him. But every time I left Amos' house, guess what? I was the one that ended up being blessed. Kind of an interesting footnote. He was in his 80s. Remember I told you that? He was literally building a house by himself right beside the house he lived in because he was living with his sister. I don't know if it's because he didn't like his sister or he just wanted his own space, but he literally, at 85, come on, if we start, if we start saying we can't do that, just think of Amo. He built his own house at 80 years old. But I'll never forget the first time, here I am, just a kid, sitting at the bedside, of a dying man trying to be an encouragement. And he looks at me and he says, Pastor, it's okay. Because I'm about to get the ultimate healing. I'm about to be with Jesus. (laughs) I'm about to be with him. This world is not my home, Pastor. This isn't where I belong. And very soon I'm gonna be with God. And do you know in those moments where I was supposed to be the encourager, I was finding encouragement. And I want you to know, whether it's now or later or whatever it is, I believe with all of my heart, by his stripes, you are healed. One day we were at a funeral of someone who was a wonderful Christian and had gone on to be with Jesus. And I looked at Crystal, I said, sort of kind of makes you feel jealous, doesn't it? (laughs) Jesus said, remember what I did. Remember that the whip is freedom in my body. Then they did something that they don't, don't normally do. They brought him to a place called a praetorium. This was the chamber where the general and the guards would just kind of hang out. And, and this was actually out of protocol. They weren't supposed to do this, but, but uh, they, weren't, they weren't keeping the rules. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. They were, they were very angry at Jesus. And so they brought him into this, this uh, praetorium, this chamber, this large room, and, and, and they, they began to mock him. And as we read earlier, they began to spit on him and, and they put the purple robe on him and said, if you're the king of Israel, they hated it that he said he was the king of the Jews because they wanted to be over the Jews. They wanted to be in charge of the Jews. We don't want you saying you're, you're the king of the Jews. And so they, they, they blindfolded him and began to slap him and spit on him and say, if you're the king of the Jews, if you're the Messiah, just tell us who, who uh, just slapped you. Tell us who it is. And just mocking him and make fun of him. But he never said a word. And over in the corner, I can picture someone weaving a crown a crown with two-inch thorns. Weaving that to kind of put an explanation point on their mocking. And they took that crown with the two-inch thorns and shoved it into his head. And just imagine it going into his head and pointing up and pushing on his brain. And seeing that. Isaiah saw this when he said the punishment or the crown of thorns that brought us peace was on him. So the second thing that Jesus did in his suffering is he accepted the thorns. He allowed the crown of thorns to give me freedom in my mind. That place where I have non-peace. This morning I believe somebody's got some stress. And they need God to bring them some freedom. Somebody's got some anxiety... Somebody's got some depression. Somebody's got some fear. And they need God to be their healer. Somebody's got some nervousness. Somebody, your brain is driving you crazy. You don't know what to do next. You don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to do it. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. I have come to bring you peace. In fact, in John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Isaiah 26, he said, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God is the one who brings us peace in our mind. He's the one who brings us freedom in our mind. And too long we have worried about the things of the past and hung on to them. Too long we have worried about what might happen in the future. Too long we might be worrying about what's happening right now. And the anxiety is getting us. The depression is killing us. And our brain is driving us crazy. And Jesus said, remember what I did. I took that crown so that you could have freedom in your mind. I'll never forget a healing that took place for me I was going through something so difficult, harder than I'd ever faced in my whole pastoral ministry. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. It seemed like, it seemed like there was no one I could turn to. There's no one that I could fa- uh, talk to. It, it was almost like the whole world was against me. And, and, and I just didn't know what to do. And God whispered in my, in my ear and said, uh, just go talk to these people and, 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 start, and start mending fences. And I said, well, they're not gonna listen to me. They don't even like me. And so that's okay, go talk to them anyway. And so I did one by one and I called them in and I talked with them and, and made peace with them and did my best even though I felt like I'd done nothing wrong I actually apologized to them that I, what I did was misunderstood to cause them to not like me I went through that whole process I won't tell you the whole story but I want to tell you this even now as I'm telling the story I'm having difficulty remembering the details of that story all I know is that after I went through that process and after those, men, those fences were mended, but believe me, remember, I didn't feel like that I'd done anything wrong. I still don't feel like I did anything wrong, but I was still gonna make the effort. The Bible says if you are praying and you feel that someone has something against you, not just that you have something against someone else, it also says if you sense that someone has something against you, you go and make it right. And do you know that almost instantaneously, God healed my fear, anxiety, my frustration, my depression to the point where it was a whole new world to me. And the ministry where I was the next two years was the most blessed ministry that I had ever had in the years prior to that. And even now when I try to tell you the story, I really honestly don't remember the details. Because God gave me freedom in my brain. Jesus said, remember what I did. So after the crown, they took him back into the public area. They made him carry his cross to Golgotha. In those days, they would make you carry your own cross. And so he he carried his cross, and they laid it down, and they put nails in his hands and in his feet. I know a lot of us wonder, was it in his hands? Because... The, the reason you would put it in their hands is so that they would, so that it, it was actually not like this, it was like this, so you would hang on the cross. So, uh, back in those days, actually, the hand was considered from the tip of your finger to your elbow. You, you, you've seen it sometimes in, in movies and, and places where they'll shake hands and they'll do this. So, so, it could be either one. It could have been in his hands. If it was in his hands, they would have had to tie a rope around the cross so it would hold him there, so it wouldn't pull out. Or, or some think it could have been right here where the bone would actually hold them. But how many of you know that would hurt terribly? So they nailed his hands to the the cross. And then they nailed his feet to the the cross. And and there was a slight bend in the knee. The whole idea of this terrible, wretched, awful, disgusting way to kill someone. Is that they would suffocate by not being able to, to hold themselves up. And so... They would put a bend in their knees. So as they they would come down, they would would begin to suffocate and they would have to push themselves up and uh, try to get air. If you're taking notes, write this down. The nails represents freedom in my hands. He was pierced for our transgression. Freedom from everything you've ever done, all of your transgressions as it's written, every place you've ever been, all, he, he pierced his feet as well, everything you've ever done, every place you've ever been. You say, well, God's forgiven me our sins. I'm going to tell you something. He wants more for you. Look at Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. For I will forgive their wickedness and, watch this, I will remember their sins no more. Hebrews 9.14, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness of sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Watch this now, stay with me. Far too many of you have been forgiven by God, but you've not forgiven yourself. And you're living in the past and you're saying, Spriggs, you big dummy, I can't believe you did that. You messed up so bad, no one will ever accept you, no one will ever like you, no one will ever care about you. You are so much, you are such a dirtbag." And I want to tell you, that is the accuser lying to your face because Jesus has forgotten in himself. And what I read here in in Hebrews is that the blood of Christ will purify my conscience as well so that not only does he forget, but he helps us forget. He gives us freedom in our hands, freedom from where we've been. He forgives, he forgets, and he frees us from the shame and the guilt of our sins. He helps us forget. And Jesus said, remember what I did because I did it to give you freedom. Then finally, in the ninth hour, about three o'clock in the afternoon, He breathed his last breath. Now understand something. Sometimes if someone was hanging on the cross, they would actually last for days. They would be able to push themselves up and and breathe, and then they would fall. and, And it was really unusual for someone to die this soon. It really caught them by surprise. So to make sure he was dead... A Roman guard took a spear and shoved it in his side up behind his ribcage and pierced his heart. When that happened, out of his chest cavity came a mixture of blood and water. Experts tell us that that shows that his heart had already ruptured before it was ever pierced with a spear. Which tells us this Jesus died of a broken heart for you, and for you, and for you, and for you. He died of a broken heart. How did he die? It wasn't the blood loss. It wasn't the pain. It wasn't suffocation. He died because his heart was broken. Isaiah put it this way. He was crushed for our iniquities. His heart was crushed. So write this down. The spear gives me freedom in my heart. <laughs> oh, my prayer is that everyone in this room and everyone watching online and everyone under the side of my voice will find freedom in Jesus' name. And I wonder how many today have had their hearts crushed maybe by divorce or disappointment an unexpected death Your heart has been crushed and you need God's healing in your life. Psalm 147.3 says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on. I just want you to bow your heads for a moment. You're listening to me today and perhaps you've never come to christ perhaps you've never accepted him as your personal savior i want to give you an opportunity to do that right now jesus died for you there is power in the blood of the lamb (laughs) there is power in the blood of the lamb I just want you to pray. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to... Just right there. I want you to, to kind of build an altar right where you're at. And I want you to know that Jesus says if we will just accept that you have, have sinned and admit that you've done something wrong against God, which we all have. We are all sinners. The Bible says for all of sin fall short of the glory of God. Just admit that you need Jesus believe that he died on the cross suffered for you and that he will forgive you and confess with your mouth he is your Lord confess your wrongdoing your sin to him the Bible says that if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so right where you're at whether you're here in the room or watching online come on just the best way you know how pray this prayer Jesus thank you thank you for suffering for me thank you for giving your life for me Lord I don't know how you could have done it I don't understand that kind of love but Lord right now I admit that I need you I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior Lord, I pray right now that you would come into my life and make me a new person. That you would forgive me and change me from the inside out. And the best way I know how, I believe in you and I accept you as my Savior. And I ask you to change my life right now. And I pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen now that you have prayed that prayer and now that others are here that have prayed that prayer before we go into communion I want to pray those four things over you I want to pray right now that in 2021 God will give you freedom so would you just bow your heads and just let me pray for you Father for every person right now I pray that you would give them freedom in their body Lord, just before I came up on the platform, there were two that came to me with physical needs in need of healing. Lord, you are the great physician. Lord, you suffered for us. Your, your word says, by your stripes we are healed. And right now, Lord, we call upon that healing. We call upon your grace. We call upon your strength. We call upon you for freedom in our body right now. I pray, Lord, that we would just, by faith, believe that for ourselves. Lord, I pray for freedom in our minds. Lord, our minds can play tricks on us. Our our minds can drive us crazy. Our minds can cause us to be fearful and discouraged and depressed and think of doing things we should never do. Lord, I'm praying for freedom right now in the minds of your people. I'm praying, Lord, right now that that freedom that comes from your suffering and your blood would wash away all of those thoughts that would cause me to go astray. Lord, I pray for freedom in my hands. I pray, Lord, that if there are things that I shouldn't be doing that I'm doing, help me to not do them. Give me, Lord, give me grace and strength and, and Lord, uh, give me a, a, a heart of repentance, Lord. And, Lord, if there's things that I'm hanging on to from my past, that I'm, that I'm holding on to help me to remember you've already forgiven me help me to forgive myself and find freedom Lord in all of that and Father I pray for freedom in our hearts Lord I pray for those that have had their hearts crushed those that have had their dreams dashed those that are possibly walked into this room or logged online thinking there was no hope because of the pain that they've experienced but Lord you went through the pain so that we would not have to and you are the great physician you are the great healer and I pray for healing all across this room and all across Lord those that are watching I pray for healing right now in our heart. Lord you said when you do this remember me and right now Lord as we come into communion time help us to remember that you suffered and died that we might have freedom right here on earth. I pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Everyone say amen. 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 As we move into communion time, I'm going to ask the pastors to come and take their places. We have three tables set up and we've we've done everything we can to adhere to... uh, social distancing and so uh, we're going to serve you the bread and you can choose uh, your uh, wine cup and go back to your seat. Those that are over here will come to this table. Those that are in the center can either come to this table on this side or the center table and those that are on this side over here can come to this uh, table and as Daniel begins to sing I'm going to ask you to come and receive the bread and uh, the, the wine and go back to your seat. Uh, And then uh, we will partake together. But before we do that, let me read to you from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 26. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, watch this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now listen, the Lord's death was not good for him, but it was good for us. That's why we call it Good Friday because Good Friday was good for every one of us because it provided the freedom that we needed in life. So as Daniel begins to sing, you can sing along, and I'm just going to come and receive the elements. Take them back to your seat. If you're watching online, this is the time when you go get your juice and your bread. We'd love for you to participate along with us. Do that at this time, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll partake together. You may come.
1: in the words of the podcast. Just Stand-
0: said anything listen here he gave thanks on the eve of his death on the night of his persecution when he is about to share the most devastating circumstances with the ones he was closest to in life Listen, he gave thanks to his Lord. So, Father, right now, forgive us for only thinking about the negative things and the struggles. You gave us such a wonderful example of in the middle of the most difficult time of your life, you still thanked your Father. Lord, help us to be thankful for the wonderful grace, salvation, and freedom that was provided by your Son, Jesus Christ, upon a cruel cross. Lord, we thank you, and we love you today then he broke it and said this is my body which is for you take in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup he said this cup is a new covenant in my blood Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, help us to always remember your sacrifice. Help us to remember that your love runs deep and wide. Help us to remember, Lord, you are the great physician over all things. And through you, we can find freedom in christ jesus thank you lord for this blessed gift that you gave to us we pray in jesus name and for his sake folks i believe this morning or if you're watching it later i'm just claiming right now that there are people that are finding freedom in christ and i believe there are people that have accepted jesus as their personal savior and the Bible says when that happens, heaven has a party and celebrates. So on the count of three, can we just God give God praise for what he's doing at Capital City Church and beyond? Come on. One, two, three. Come on. Give God a praise. Come on. Give him what he deserves. Come on. Let him hear you. Let him hear you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. Amen. We love you, Lord. honor you <laughs> hallelujah praise God well I'm glad I came to church today and I'm glad you did too amen more importantly I'm glad that God is right here in our midst and I believe that he wants to do something great the best is yet believe me now the best is yet to come I believe it with all my heart I'm going to ask the ushers to come at this time and that we're going to receive our morning tithes and our offerings If you're watching online, you can click on that link uh, right there. If you're watching on Facebook, or you can go to our website, capcitychurch.live, and uh, click on the giving tab, and you can give that way. And uh, new life is what we're giving to. Can I tell you something? When When we bring our offering to the Lord, we are bringing our offering to say, Lord, help us bring new life. Help us bring freedom. Lord, help us to bring purpose and fulfillment to the world around us. Amen. That's what we're giving to right now. Lord, bless this offering for your glory. Bless every hand that gives, Lord. I pray that uh, as they give, they would know they are giving to the kingdom of God, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, As, uh, as uh, they're receiving the offering, I have a, a, a brief, very short video. It's less than two minutes, but it's something that will help you know something very important that we do here at Capital City Church to help people find freedom. The Bible says that we find freedom uh, in Christ by confessing to him. But we find freedom and healing uh, in our body and in in, in, in all those other areas by confessing to a brother or to to a neighbor. And we have a ministry called Celebrate Recovery that meets every Tuesday night at 6.30 30. they get together for some food. And then uh, they have a large group at 7. And uh, every Tuesday night, Ed and Nan are here. But I'm not gonna tell you about it. I'm gonna let them tell you about it watch this with me hi I'm Ed Davis and this is my wife Nan we are the directors of Celebrate Recovery here at Capital City Church We meet weekly on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 for some food and then at 7 for our large group meeting. We believe strongly in the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. Our leaders have been trained and certified to bring this awesome ministry right here to you. We are both living examples of how Celebrate Recovery can change your life. Celebrate Recovery is for everyone who struggles with hurts, habits, or hangups, and for family members who have those in their family that struggle. We encourage you to come check out this ministry. I promise you, you will be greeted by a great team who will love you and be right beside you to support and love you in the name of Jesus. We hope you will join us. If you have any questions, please feel free to see Nan or myself. God bless you.
1: This is my fight song, take back my life.
0: Amen. So we welcome you to be a part of that. You say, who is it for? It's for anybody uh, that is dealing with hurts in their life. Anybody that's dealing with hangups or habits. It's for anyone. Ed and Nan, would you stand up? Stand up over here to my left. Everybody say, hey, Ed and Nan. If you want to know more about Celebrate Recovery, you see them after service and they will uh, let you know. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next week. You're dismissed.